Hi guys, I'm Dan Martin and it's on education and today we are talking about why teachers are quitting and uh, to do so we're going to look at the first annual Merrimack College Teacher Survey uh, that was conducted in 2022. Uh, this survey is an extension of the MetLife survey that's been going on for years and years and so they've just renamed the survey and a different group is doing it. So let's take a look at it. Uh, and of course here I'm saying the MetLife survey uh, continued really. Uh, the Merrimack College teacher survey was of 1,324 of the nation's uh, teachers. It was conducted between January 9th and February 23rd, 2022. and has a margin of error of plus or minus 3% with a 95% confidence level. And let's look at some of results. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of summarize uh, the, the, the main topics of the, of the survey. Uh, it's a really interesting survey. It goes into a lot of detail about the responses uh, having to do with demographics and political affiliation and areas of the country and so forth. And so if you are a uh, perhaps a, uh, a principal or a district superintendent, you might want to look at these results and get a feel of what your teachers are really thinking. Uh, so it says here at first glance, the results of the survey don't necessarily appear to be alarming. 56% uh, of the teachers surveyed say they are somewhat or very satisfied with their jobs. Uh, but when they looked deeper into the data, they saw that the percentage of very satisfied teachers decre has decreased over time. Uh, in 2012, uh, they said there were 39% of the teachers saying that they were very satisfied. Uh, and this was down uh, from 62% of those same teachers in 2018 or 2000, excuse me, 2008 saying the same thing. So it went down uh, quite a bit, 62% uh, saying they were very satisfied in 2008, and uh, only 39% saying that they were very satisfied in 2012. And now in 2020, the percent of teachers that say they are very satisfied is only 12%. And uh, of course, uh, you know, you, that was taken probably right in the middle of the pandemic, and uh, certainly that that might be a, a cause of, of great concern uh, for teachers during that time and providing a lot more stress and uh, a lot more uh, challenges that have to be overcome. Satisfaction by age and service. Let's take a look at that. Uh, and the first thing I want to read is the bottom of the slide here. Said so the most dissatisfied teachers were Generation X at 45%, saying that they were very dissatisfied, falling by millennials at 40%. And so the, the younger generations seem to be, uh, struggling more than established teachers. And, and, you know, I think back to my teaching career about how my first years of teaching were very, very hard. Uh, you have to get established. You have to understand, uh, the dynamics of the school that you're teaching in, uh, things like classroom management and, and, uh, and discipline students and really understanding how to present content in a way that 
students can absorb and and uh, <laughs> retain it hopefully uh, is very very difficult and so I don't think that that's um, that's surprising and I think probably a confounding effect of there being increasing demands on teachers and then teaching during uh, the pandemic and and all that uh, might might have caused teachers to uh, maybe rate their level of satisfaction lower than they normally would but but certainly the first few years of teaching and when you're a young teacher is considerably more challenging than after you get your feet under you a little bit uh, it says here the demographic profile of a of the least satisfied teachers differs from that of the most satisfied uh, peers. Statistically, very satisfied teachers are more likely to be males, baby boomers, and elementary school educators with 20 years of experience. The profile of the least satisfied teacher is of a millennial middle school teacher with three to nine years of experience. And <laughs> I, I'm not laughing at that. I'm just thinking back of, of the time that uh, I was going through the teaching program in uh, getting my teaching certificate and I observed in middle school and man I thought that that is a very very tough job middle school students are are dealing with all sorts of uh, issues related uh, to uh, uh, their hormones <laughs> changing and them becoming uh, young adults and so I, I don't think that that's uh, uh, surprising at all Unsurprisingly, dissatisfied teachers have a very different perception of their jobs than do highly satisfied teachers. Uh, they say the perceive, uh, they perceive lower levels of autonomy, professional support, and respect. They work longer hours and more likely to say that their salaries are unfair for the amount of work that they do. More than half say that they're very likely to leave the profession in the next two years as compared to 11% of their very satisfied counterparts. Okay, so so that's concerning. Uh, you know, the the increase is in in the workload. The increased expectations are causing a lot of stress. And uh, for these young folks, uh, you know, over half of them leaving the profession or thinking they're going to leave the profession in the next few years is, is very alarming indeed. Respect. Okay, so a constant. Uh, Consistent finding in research is that teachers' job satisfaction is linked to their sense of being respected. In the 2011 MetLife survey, for example, 77% of teachers perceived that their uh, communities treated them as professional, and 59% were very uh, satisfied with their jobs. Uh, it is therefore worrying that in the Merrimack College teacher survey found that only 46% of teachers feeling that the general public respected them uh, as professionals. And so you see here a, a big drop from 77% in 2011 to 46% uh, feeling respected in 2022. And, uh, you know, I think that there are a lot of different things working here. Uh, and these are just uh, opinions of mine and, and certainly not supported by data, but uh, you know, the the uh, uh, reluctance for teachers to go back into the classroom or to try to hold students out of the classroom uh, during the pandemic, mm -hmm. 
uh, I think, you know, the parents were, were ready for kids to be back in school and there was some reluctance of teachers uh, to go back and to teach. And I have to be careful here uh, that you separate the the teachers out from the teachers unions. Uh, and I think in areas where the unions were very, very strong, uh, they uh, were able to uh, support the, the viewpoint that it was dangerous for teachers to go back uh, and teach their kids. And uh, so you had that kind of perception going on and it may have not been true for the whole country. I know in our area, uh, we went to a hybrid schedule where we decreased the number of kids in the classroom uh, and by, uh, by alternating the schedule. So you'd have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, you would go. And the next week, if you went Tuesday, Thursday, you'd go Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And so they would uh, decrease the number of students. Uh, they were masked up and separated as much as possible in the classrooms. And, and some of the teachers were dissatisfied with that, but I think the majority of the teachers were satisfied. In areas of the state, I mean, Kentucky, where the teachers unions were stronger, they just stayed out of school uh, and did it all virtually. And so you have a difference of, of approaches um, depending on whether your school was unionized or not. In our area, we don't have enough teachers that have joined uh, KEA uh, to have collective bargaining for our salaries and our working conditions. And, and so, uh, you know, take that as it might, uh, as it may, uh, the, you know, <laughs> the, the, the kids were in school uh, and the union uh, didn't have as much of an influence here. So, uh, so this perception of respect uh, and, and the anger that teachers are feeling uh, somewhat is due to the role of unions, I think, um, in, our, in our profession. Shelter from the storms, where teachers turn for support. This was interesting. Given the low levels of respect most teachers say they get from general public and some teachers say they also encounter at school, where do educators turn for support? Considering that they are so, uh, considering that so many feel that that they and their profession are under siege, is perhaps unsurprising that teachers are more likely to seek support from one another. They are uh, relatively less likely to seek support from administrators. Okay, so I, I think this is an alarming uh, part of the survey, especially for those in educational leadership. Uh, you have teachers that don't feel like that they're supported by their principal and their superintendent. Uh, and so I think you need to work hard to make sure that the teachers know that uh, those, uh, um, you know, leadership positions are behind you and uh, that you're supported uh, by everybody at your school. I know, and, and I think this is true of any job. Uh, the most important relationship you have is with your coworkers. And if you're seeking support from your coworkers, uh, that environment uh, is very uh, conducive to pro productivity and people are pulling together and working as a team. And then the team leader should be able to piggyback off of that and be uh, seen as a very supportive uh, role model. So uh, be that as it may, uh, a lot of people don't feel that they're getting support 
anywhere but from their colleagues. That's concerning. Okay, so this was really interesting. Uh, it said uh, that they uh, surveyed teachers about educational issues, and uh, so, and then they they said, you know, which of these issues needs to be uh, emphasized more and which needs to be maybe emphasized less. So some ed educational issues always seem to be in the news. Other educational issues never seem to be in the news at all, but uh, but should. Which of these issues deserves more uh, attention? So they surveyed the teachers about these issues and asked them which ones that they think needs more attention. For the survey, teachers were asked whether they thought that seven timely topics were getting too much or too little or just the right amount of media attention. Overall, the majority of teachers say five of the seven topics deserve more attention. Teacher working conditions, school funding, uh, student mental health, student uh, disruptive uh, learning, and educational inequities related to poverty and race. Uh, they are split when it comes to the amount of attention paid to teaching about race and racism and standardized testing. Uh, okay, so they, in, I'm going to break out the, uh, the political dynamics of this, and I thought it was interesting. More Democratic Party members said that race is an important topic versus Republicans, although the percent difference was less from urban Democratic versus Republican voters. And so the whole topic of race and racism uh, was seemed to be more important to teach that among or to uh, emphasize those topics in education. Uh, the Democratic Party members thought that that was more important and less so for the Republican voters. The, the gap was, you know, still the Democratic voters thought it was more important than the Republican voters in urban areas, but the gap was less in those areas. The trend toward uh, in testing concerns that were that the Democrats thought mm -hmm. that uh, testing uh, concerns or discussing testing uh, was more important uh, than the Republican voters. All right, so uh, that was uh, very interesting indeed. Uh, political affiliation of the teacher surveyed. And this was not surprising to me at all. 54% uh, of the teachers uh, uh, were uh, uh, affiliated with the Democratic Party or voted Democratic. 30% were Republican. 9% uh, a third party and 6% didn't vote. So uh, I thought that those were um, not surprising at all, uh, especially uh, since if you look at uh, union activity and uh, teachers unions, um, they are really seen as being a third arm of the Democratic Party. And I think that that causes a lot of problems uh, in our area uh, of Kentucky. Uh, strong Republican um, Party affiliation here now. And uh, so the teachers uh, in the area uh, a lot of them uh, don't want to support the teachers union because it's seen, uh, it's seen as a just a democratic arm of the Democratic Party. So uh, take that as it might uh, be. Uh, you know, it has advantages and disadvantages. <laughs> you know, the I think the perception of the teachers here is better because, you know, we didn't keep the kids out of school. Uh, but uh, it's frustrating because we don't have collective bargaining for 
salaries and for working conditions. And our working conditions and our salaries are less attractive than in the bigger cities in the state where the teachers unions have collective bargaining. So yeah, there you go. Salaries, uh, the most recent data available from 2021, that year the average teacher salary was $65,090, the equivalent of a 0.88% increase in constant, in constant dollars over the prior 10 years. In the meantime, the share of teachers who say their salary is fair has declined by 9% percentage points or 26%. Currently, 26% of teachers strongly or slightly agree that their salaries are fair for work they do, according to the Merrimack College uh, survey. So essentially, the, the salaries um, are flat, uh, less than 1% increase in uh, the previous year. Uh, when you have now you have 8% uh, inflation and uh, so this is this is terrible uh, uh, I was surprised that the average teacher salary was 65,000 uh, but uh, I is we're, we're going to see it varies drastically from state to state and from region to region and then even sometimes uh, <laughs> within states it differs uh, I mentioned in our state Areas like uh, that around um, Louisville and Lexington, the teacher salaries are substantially higher than the rest of the state. Salary satisfaction rates vary by region uh, is the next topic here. Like salaries themselves, salary satisfaction rates vary by region. They are highest among the teachers in the western United States, 35%, uh, which is dominated by California, home to the second highest teacher salary in the nation at 82,746. They are nearly the same in the Northeast, uh, where it's 32%, uh, home to New York, which has the highest average teacher salary of 85,479. Salary satisfaction rates are the lowest in the South and Southern and Midwestern United States, where 21% of the teachers say their pay is fair for the work they do. The South and Midwest are home to the states that have the nation's lowest three average salary teacher salaries. Mississippi at 45,105, West Virginia 47,681, and South Dakota. I'm not sure what the South Dakota number is <laughs> because uh, my picture here is covering it, uh, but uh, it is low indeed um, in that mid 40s uh, range as well. And so, uh, you know, you have a, a wide uh, variety of, uh, of teacher salaries uh, uh, and we, we find that the, the, uh, the Northeast and uh, the Far West have the highest and then the lowest salaries are in uh, Mississippi, West Virginia, South Dakota. I think it would be interesting to see uh, the teacher salaries normalized by living expense. I know that, uh, for example, uh, cost of living is a lot higher in New York City than it is in Bollinger in Kentucky, for example. And so uh, it'd be interesting to see uh, what they, what the salaries uh, are in terms of cost of living. Uh, but also, 
if you look at the flat rate of increase over time and certainly inflation in particular now is, is super high and so uh, if, you, if you're not keeping up with the cost of living you're losing money and the profession is becoming less and less attractive as a result guys sorry to interrupt but i got an important question for you do you have a special skill or talent that you need to share with the world maybe you're an excellent photographer or maybe you're an excellent woodworker or crafter or cook uh, there are any number of things that people do every day and really enjoy and do well that they need to share with others. And so let the good people at Teachable lead you through the process of designing your own online course. It's really enjoyable, plus you can make some extra money, and I've included a link down below. Uh, maybe uh, your special talent is commenting on videos and uh, blogs. And so uh, there, there is a place called uh, paid online writing jobs and I've included a post down below uh, where you can make money per hour uh, reviewing and writing for others and so this is a real cool site as well maybe you got that uh, back to school blues and you're you're dreading going out to the stores to buy school supplies for your students and I'm going to encourage you this year to do a lot of your shopping online one thing you don't have to buy from depleted uh, uh, store shelves. Uh, you can always pick exactly what you want and find exactly what you need. So I'll provide a Walmart link down below where you can go and shop for your school supplies. Now when you click on an affiliate link of mine, it won't ever cost you anything extra, but I'll get a small, small percentage of the sale that will help me create more content for you. So hopefully you're enjoying the, the podcast and we'll get right back to it. Thanks. Male versus female pay. Uh, there was a slight difference. Uh, males made uh, uh, more money than females. It wasn't, it wasn't ter a, a terrible uh, difference. It wasn't a super high wide gap. Uh, they mentioned that there's uh, more uh, opportunities for males to uh, coach, for example, um, in in that in the high school level, that certainly um, has been the case um, for a while. Although with Title IX, even with the increased importance uh, placed on women's athletics and opportunities, I think that that gap is is decreasing. Uh, so let's read what they say. As in the case with most professions, men earn more than women in teaching. One reason may be that they are concentrated at the secondary level where pay is somewhat higher and there are more opportunities to earn stipends for additional work, such as coaching. However, while female secondary teachers are more likely than female elementary teachers to say their pay is fair, they are less likely than male secondary teachers to say they're earning what they deserve to uh, deserve for the work that they do. And so here we're seeing uh, uh, that uh, there is some level of dissatisfaction uh, and perception, if not reality, that females are making less than males uh, in their uh, profession uh, while essentially doing the same task. Um, I do think that there is here, um, there are far more females teaching than males, and there are very few males teaching at the elementary school level, and so males at the secondary level 
have more opportunities for stipends. And so that might be part of the uh, of the reason for the discrepancies. Autonomy. OK, so this is a very interesting uh, topic, um, how how uh, autonomous you feel in your classroom, how you feel like you have the ability to make decisions uh, as a professional and to uh, lead uh, your classroom and to decide uh, what goes on there. So uh, they say here, autonomy is a key indicator of job satisfaction with employees experiencing high levels of morale and low turnover rates when they have more control over their work environments. By several measures, teachers express fairly strong rates of autonomy with the majority of survey respondents reporting that they have a lot of control and influence over teaching pedagogy, their students' classroom behavior and the way they assess their students and resources and supplies they need for instruction. Okay, so however, they express concern over limited control of their schedule and it's really important here, and I, I, this is my two cents too, is uh, it's important to note that uh, that this question was not about pedagogy. It was about pedagogy or how to teach, um, but not about the content. Uh, and so, um, you know, in, in, in my 20 years of teaching, I taught high school chemistry. There were several initiatives that came through. Uh, that I kind of disagreed with in terms of the content um, and, and somewhat uh, pedagogy related too. Um, the the first thing was that there was a push to uh, have um, high performing uh, high school students take chemistry their ninth grade year, and I thought that that was probably a mistake. Uh, uh, not that this the students were not. Uh, academically equipped to take the chemistry course, but there's more than than uh, academics and um, uh, you know the ability to do the work. There also has to do with uh, the social aspect of it, the organizational aspect, and just being in high school. I thought it was a lot to handle for a freshman in high school to come in and take a really difficult course um, and. What I noticed was that the uh, a lot of the you know there were some girls that had trouble, but a lot of the little boys the organizational aspect of of keeping up with a high, with a, a strenuous uh, course was was overwhelming and, and they needed a little bit more time to mature and to develop their organizational skills and so uh, eventually they they gave that up and and went back to. Um, uh, making uh, chemistry a sophomore level class. Uh, the other thing that came through was uh, something called core. <laughs> you know, they, they were emphasizing core content and that there was an initiative to have the same core content across the nation. And uh, this was an interesting thing. I was really excited about it because it was very, uh, uh, organized and it was very uh, evident what they wanted us to teach. You know, it was all spelled out pretty good and and it was challenging. And uh, so I was pretty excited about that and I got all geared up to do it. And some of it I thought was, you know, probably a little bit too challenging for my students. But 
I thought, well, if, if this is where we're going, you know, we can work hard with our kids and, and get them up to speed and and uh, tackle this content and, and get it get it going. And maybe maybe not maybe two or three years later, they just kind of abandoned that, said that that wasn't uh, a good idea. And then they they uh, put forth what they call the next generation uh, science standards and those were not as exciting for me because they were very vague and they were more skill based and and they were really hard to get your hands around exactly what you're supposed to do to have your students uh, meet these these goals and these uh, these aspirations of what they wanted students to be able to do so and and I don't know I think that that's still hanging around um, and uh, and so that was another thing. And it's almost like no matter what is started in education, they never give it enough time to really see if it works before the next great idea comes along. And so that was my level of dissatisfaction with what we were teaching. Um, and and so it's, it's one of those things where, um, uh, you know, you have people I'm not saying always, but a lot of times you have people that haven't been in the classroom for years making decisions about what you teach. And, and uh, in my opinion, they should listen more to the teachers and get more input before they make decisions. Um, another thing that our school district tried was to have um, standardized testing a, uh, a class uh, across courses. And so you would have a standard English exam for every unit that you were teaching or a standard uh, chemistry exam or a standard physics exam uh, across the, all the schools in the district. And and that I, I thought was, you know, had potential of being a good idea to try to standardize the instruction and making sure all the kids got the same content. But the problem was that the company that they hired to do the testing wasn't very good. And, and uh, I found lots of mistakes. Uh, on the on the answer keys to the exams and uh, they didn't give us enough time to make multiple versions of the exams the company didn't do that and so uh, of course with high school students you know they never cheat <laughs> and so and so uh, you had students that had the exams and pretty soon it was a big old mess and so they had to abandon that in certain uh, areas as well so but anyway a lot of things uh, a lot of things to have to deal with as a teacher uh, a lot of problems uh, and uh, the content area uh, is certainly a challenge to keep up with all the 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 new uh, exciting trends in academics but also to be able to do it in a very very smart way how teachers spend their time all right this is this is one of the things that shocked me a lot <laughs> when I first started teaching I have a agriculture research background so I worked in ag research for 12 years before I started teaching chemistry and I thought that I would spend the majority of my time you know helping kids you know tutoring them uh, going over lectures putting together labs you know I thought that that would be the majority of my day but then I found out that there was a lot of time spent uh, doing an administrative task and so let's let's see what they say here with limited control over the schedule, the typical teacher in the Merrimack College Teacher Survey works 54 hours a week. Uh, one, just under half of the time, 25 hours is spent 
directly teaching uh, students. Overall, most teachers wish they could spend more time on activities directly relating to teaching, uh, preparation, and instruction, and less time on more peripheral activity activities. Excuse me, administrative work and non-teaching student interactions such as supervision, mentoring, counseling, career guidance, hall and lunchroom, and dismissal duty. Okay, and so uh, on average, 54 hours a week. Uh, on uh, on your on your profession and 25 hours spent directly instructing students and so uh, this is not surprising to me I, I think it, it may be surprising to the public that uh, that so little time is spent on direct instruction but you know it's all part of it and uh, it's important to to uh, monitor students and student behavior everywhere in the building uh, I know that that uh, when my mom first started teaching, uh, she uh, taught a third grade and she uh, started off teaching in a trailer and she had 31 third graders in a trailer. Uh, she said sometimes as much as 34. Uh, when she uh, got there, they gave her a box of chalk and a, uh, a little container of, you know, about an inch thick of construction paper and some scissors. And that's all the supplies she got for the year. Uh, she had to monitor her students during lunch, so she ate lunch with her students. Uh, if she had to go to the restroom, uh, it was really tough because uh, she was in a trailer outside of the building, regular school building, and she had a hard time getting another adult to watch her kids for a few minutes while she ran to the restroom. So, you know, um, this is one of the things that has improved over time. Uh, you know, teachers have better working conditions now. Uh, still, a lot of them report that they spend a lot of their own money on school supplies, which is shocking considering the amount of money that we spend in our nation on education. We spend more money than uh, than most of the industrialized countries. And so, um, you know, these things uh, we need to work on and uh, try to do better. Okay, so uh, this was another uh, topic here. And the, the question was, is teaching being deprofessionalized? So the same, uh, the sense that too much time is spent on work that is peripheral to instruction, combined with the reality that most teachers say they lack control over their time, and nearly half, 43%, say they lack control over the curriculum they teach, raises concerns about some respondents that teaching is being deprofessionalized, i.e. converted to a job like a cashier or warehouse worker where employees have limited control over their work. And so, you know, I mentioned some of the things that I've, I found to be uh, frustrating in, in the last slide. Um, and I think uh, now, uh, you know, part of this might be uh, that uh, uh, parents and community members are now more aware of what what's going on in the school. And, and there's been some questioning of it, and, and some of it uh, has been along political lines as well. And so, um, uh, you know, I, I still think that most teachers feel like teaching is a profession uh, and it's not a job. But I, I do think that uh, that we're headed in a, in a dangerous direction uh, when we over politicize our schools and uh, put 
so much pressure on on on, on teachers to um, you know interject social policies and that sort of thing and, and I know people would disagree with me on that and and that's fine I, I understand both sides of the issue and and I think that we need to have a a rational non <laughs> non-emotional uh, discussion of these topics where people can have differences of opinion and still uh, uh, respect each other so uh, take that what for it may what it may be let's go on okay let's close out here with a discussion uh, about the future of education and about the retention of teachers okay so let's look at what this what the uh, surveys uh, brought out says in 2011, 29% of teachers who participated in the MetLife survey of American teachers said they were very or very likely to leave the profession to pursue a different occupation. In the current survey, that shared, uh, that share had nearly doubled to 44% of teachers. Overall in 2022, 20% of teachers say they are very likely to leave. I guess, uh, Another 24% said that they were fairly likely to leave the profession, uh, while nearly the same share, 21%, say they're not likely at all to do so. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm hoping that that's just because of the challenges of the pandemic and we'll get back to, to more of a normal state and people will be more satisfied, but I'm really worried about it. An important caveat is that even when teachers respond to surveys by saying they are likely to leave their jobs, they do not necessarily do so to, uh, due to financial constraints and other considerations. Prior to the pandemic, about 8% of teachers left the profession annually, although there's no comprehensive national data available on attrition rates. So that is, that is really, really, really disappointing uh, that the uh, Department of Education uh, is so inept that they aren't able to do any research on that. So, uh, and of course, that's my opinion. <laughs> you may have a difference of opinion about that, but uh, I think that that is, is super sad. Um, I look at this, you know, the, the younger teachers being very dissatisfied and, you know, some 44% of them saying that they're going to leave in the next two years and the high attrition rate that we already know occurs that most of them leave, you know, the profession within the first five years uh, is, is, is very concerning. Um, I know that uh, our school district here in the in Warren County um, is uh, giving retention bonuses uh, to teachers, you know, paying them a, a stipend uh, to let them know that they appreciate them and they want to see them back again next year. And so that's a step in the right direction. Uh, you know, just the money uh, is a symbol of appreciation. Uh, it may not be enough to make a whole big difference in somebody's life, but it's, it's something that say we value you, we care about you. Uh, we want you to to continue the, the good work that you're doing. Um, teaching is it's not easy. Uh, uh, the perception of teachers, I think it's distorted by the sensationalism of certain types of stories in, in the news. Um, and it's also uh, 
you know, made more difficult when the perception of teachers is dominated by the teachers unions that don't represent uh, the majority of the teachers in the, in the country. Uh, so um, that's my opinion. Uh, you can take it for for what it's worth and uh, and certainly uh, you'll be kind. But uh, if you if you disagree, I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Uh, I'd like to hear from parents, you know, uh, how do you perceive your public school? What do you think of of your uh, superintendent, your administrators in your schools? What kind of job are they doing? And uh, more importantly, how can you uh, help to uh, improve your school that your child goes to? So a lot to think about. Uh, I've enjoyed putting this together and researching it. I hope you've enjoyed it too. Uh, we'll continue to, to talk about these issues and hopefully make a difference. Peace. Mm -hmm.